Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Hey, everybody. Before we start, uh, I just want to let you guys know about hooksethoodlums.com. These guys are a family-first, amazing fishing team. They've got great merchandise, shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, stickers. They got it all. And if you use code SWAMPRATFISHING, all one word, you can save 10%. And remember, you either ride with us or you collide with us. Hey, so uh, welcome to the first episode of Bass and Brews. I'm Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing. I've got Ramon outdoors uh, with me here today. And uh, we're just going to kind of kind of want to do a show where I let folks uh, who we all talk to, we see their pictures, we see their posts, we see their videos online, um, just the kind of way that we can all get together and uh, learn about those people a little bit more. So uh, Ramon's been very... Uh, very uh, willing to be the uh, the first victim here for this. So, yeah, uh, so Ramon, uh, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? Sure. Um, well, uh, I am. I work a day job just like everybody else. Um, outside of that, I'm from New Jersey, uh, originally from Texas. Um, most of my time is spent at a desk uh, during the week, and then. Um, when I can get out, I just head straight to the woods or head to the nearest body of water and try to spend as much time as possible out there. Um, if it's not by myself, I definitely have uh, one of the kids or both of the kids with me or the whole nice. thing. We're just out hiking around, trying to find new spots, trying to be outside as much as possible. Nice. I like that, man. So. Um, I mean, I kind of know the answer a little bit, but uh, from your Instagram page, uh, which if you guys don't follow him, definitely follow him. It's at Ramon Outdoors. Uh, I'll have that linked in the description of the video of the replay and everything. But uh, maybe describe how you started uh, started becoming a fisherman, an outdoors kind of guy. Is this something sure. recent? Have you always done it? it? It's something recent. So um, I grew up in Houston. And if you've ever been, you know, most people who've never been to Texas, imagine Texas is like, you know, cowboy hats. Everybody's riding around on horses, eating right. barbecue all the time. <laughs> um, that last part is true. We eat barbecue all the time. I was but, about to say, you're a big griller, right? <laughs> yes, we eat, we eat barbecue all the time. But I grew up in Houston, which is essentially a major city um, with not that much hunting opportunities, not that much fishing opportunities, unless you fish private or, or, or hunt private. Right. Um, now, nowadays it's, it's getting a little better. Um, but when I grew up, I always wanted to do those kind of things. Um, just didn't have anybody to show me, didn't have anyone to, to, uh, take me out. My parents, my, my dad didn't grow up doing it. So it was one of those things that it was something that I always wanted to do. Right. Um, so, jump a few years over here. You know, I move up here with my family and I look around and there's tons of public access. There's like within 20 minutes of my house in any direction, I can find public land that I can go hike, scout yeah. and hunt. 
I can find public parks where I can go fish and, you know, just go get my line wet. And it's so accessible here is one of those things where it's like, you know what? I might not have the time, but I do have the means to go hunting. And I do have, you know, the the access to go hunting and to go fishing. So my outdoors... So my outdoors, uh, uh, you know, pursuits started happening just a couple years ago. Okay. Um, I was talking with someone at work. I was like, you know, I really want to go hunting. And he goes, oh, you're into hunting. Let's go. And that was the first time that that door kind of opened for me. Whereas, because, you know, here's someone who was willing to take me hunting, willing to, to, you know, spend time with me in the woods and show me what he knew which was a complete game changer for me because um it for her for those who don't know a lot about hunting it's very it's it's a very ancestral uh skill that gets passed on usually from the paternal side uh from from the patriarchy so it'll be dads teaching their sons or grandfathers teaching their sons the guy who taught me learned it from his uncles gotcha so if you're not in a family or close to a family that does it, you're not, the, the barrier of entry is very difficult. So that was my first like real outdoors activity uh, outside of just, you know, casual hunt, hiking and sightseeing. Right. Um, so, um, you know, I, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'm going to hunt, I'm going to hunt and that's what I'm going to do outdoors. I'm going to spend my time doing, you know, we didn't get anything, but I absolutely <laughs> loved being out there and enjoyed my time and then after that i was hooked just that one time i was hooked yeah and how i got into fishing was turkey season had ended uh last year you know the year that never happened 2019 where time stood still (laughs) um turkey season had just ended and summer was right in turkey season for me was like you know april may Uh, so right around this time and I had nothing to do, you know. It's too early to start scouting for for fall hunting. You know, there's not much to do outside of hiking. I was like, I want to do something else. So I went to Walmart and bought my first, you know, fishing combo. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna start fishing. You know, right. I don't I don't know a thing about fishing. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what I want to catch. But I'm just gonna go and and you know get get whatever I can. I watched a few videos on YouTube, like you know, some basic starter fishing videos. And, you know, I, in fact, who was it? Um, uh, um, is he in here? 609 Fishing. 609. 609 is in the house. Videos that I watched because I was like, I, I started looking at him like, what kind of fish can you catch here? I knew largemouth bass were everywhere. Right. Um, if you can find them. But then I'm like, oh, trout fishing sounds fun. You know, I've always wanted to try trout. And one of the reasons why why I'm interested in hunting is so that I can hunt for food. Okay. So why not fish for food? And uh, it was funny because I was actually talking to 609 about this not too long ago. And I told him that, you know, I found his channel through those trout videos that he posted earlier the, earlier in April of that year. And I'm out here trying to catch trout in June. <laughs> that kind of lets you know, stalker trout at that, that kind of lets you know where um, my knowledge was at. Right. Trying to catch stalker trout in June in New Jersey. <laughs> and I had, <laughs> exactly. And I was, I, I <clears throat> spent a lot of time fishing for trout that weren't there anymore. But, 
you know, regardless, each time I was learning a little bit more how to fish, how to fish a lure, how to what what kind of setup I actually needed. Because I went out with some with your basic like ugly stick, which I still have. I still have two of those with your basic ugly stick spinning combo and some Mm -hmm. mono fishing line on there. I don't even remember what what pound test it was. (laughs) And just just trying to get anything, anything at at that point. I'm like, you know, what? let's let's just try to get something. Um, and then from there, I was kind of hooked. I started connecting with fish. I was like, okay, there, there's different things you can do to target different fish, and you right. target those different ways. So I started looking for information wherever I could. I was, you know, joining all these forums, trying to get information. And and after like going kind of crazy and buying a bunch of tackle, uh, I was in a Facebook group, and they were like, back up and start with just worm, hook, and bobber. Yeah. I mean, fish. you know, and, yeah. and that's basically where I started. It was like, you know what? I'm just going to do some night crawlers and start catching fish. And from there, I was like, okay, there's different techniques that you learn to catch different fish, to target different fish. Right. So that was kind of what kicked it all off for me. And since then, you know, it, it's either I'm out scouting, hunting, or fishing. One of the three. In that's my amazing, opinion. man. That's mm-hmm. amazing, man. I know in the interactions that we've had over past couple months, um, like, like, like I can tell you got to drive for it, man. You talk about how hunting originally brought it into you, man. What mm-hmm. better fish to go after than than largemouth? I always try to equate the two hunting largemouth fishing because it, it's not a sedentary. I'm going to sit in one spot. I'm going to cast out. Once you start diving into that largemouth, it's you're hunting that fish. Like mm-hmm. they're very lazy. They're going to sit there. They're going to post up in their spot. You got to pull them out of there. And uh, I think that's awesome. That fits there. Um, like I said, I've been following your page. Uh, we've been, we talk all the time. I think it's awesome. I know we've talked about, it. I love seeing the perspective of somebody kind of new to it. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. Like I, I wish, um, I mean, I didn't start really bass fishing until four and a half, five years ago. I uh, fished as a kid, but I didn't really get into bass fishing until 2016. And I wish I was able to document. I think it's really awesome that you get a, this chance to kind of document this journey through as an adult and learn all this stuff. I mean, as a kid, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Somebody older, and they show you the ropes, but it, it is weird as an adult trying to like learn these things. And um, there's a lot of avenues that you can reach. But uh, it's been awesome watching you progress through. Yeah, man, it, it's it's definitely been a lear- learning experience. I, I like to tell my wife that for me, hunting and fishing is an exercise of managing disappointment. Yeah, no kid. That's an excellent way because, to put that. <laughs> because you know, you, you know, you, there are some days where you're going to go out and you can't beat the skunk. Right. Yeah. I mean, just can't do it. I mean, we, we, we can do what we want. And that mm-hmm. a lot of times folks will be like, Hey man, they're just not biting. Well, they're yeah. just not biting what you're doing. Right. But sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what we're, we're still dealing with, whether it's hunting or fishing, we're dealing with a live animal, right? This yeah. is a live animal with a very instinctive brain. Sometimes they're just not going to bite or they're not going to show exactly. up in that clearing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. One of my one of my favorite uh, animals to hunt for is turkey. Okay. And it's funny because depending on how it went and who you talk to, they're either the smartest bird or the dumbest bird, <laughs> and they have a brain the size of a pea. So right, it's just one of the it's just one of those funny things where it's like it's either going to work for you or it's not, and it's just how you play it that day. See, see, I feel the same way about bass. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk about, I dug around a whole bunch, and I'm like you know, they're not the smartest animal. They're very instinctual. They're an apex mm-hmm. predator. They got one thing on a couple things on their mind, but that's about it. Right. 
But then sometimes I'm like, when I'm watching them, just stare at it. And I sometimes I swear they look right at me. You're and they're like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're doing. I'm not going to bite that. And I'm exactly. like, no, that thing is a smart fish. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, when it comes to fishing, what would you say your style of fishing is? I know you're new to it, but what do you think your uh, your style, your strengths is? Um, I don't have a particular style of fishing um, per se, but I, I'd say it's, it's uh, the way I like to fish is pretty aggressive. Okay. It doesn't, uh, doesn't really work for... Uh, the weather that we've been having right right really cold. <laughs> so that's kind of you know i spent the winter and the spring trying to learn how to slow it down yeah um, and the best way someone described it to me was you you want to fish like you have a cigarette you know smoking's bad <laughs> don't smoke if you smoke you stop smoking but essentially you that's just wanna, me, unfortunately <laughs> and essentially you just want to take your time with it yeah you know? it's like the the old man sitting there with his marlboro reds he lights it, casts it, and just sits there, takes a drag, waits a little bit before he does anything at all. And that's hard for me. Even when I would fish a worm under a bobber, if within like 15 seconds there was nothing, I'd twitch it. Right. So, so that's kind of kind of lets you know how, how I kind of fish. So for me, moving baits have always been, you know, my my confidence bait. Because I know that you know, if I can work as much water as I can, I'll eventually find them. If it's the right season is what I've been learning. If it's, if it's not the right season. Well, then and I'm not definitely slow right down season. at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good, man. Uh, it, it, to the smoking thing. Unfortunately, I smoke awful habit. Um, eventually one day I'll kick it. But I'll tell you what, if things, if I feel myself like, oh, no, no, I'm fishing way too fast. Literally, I'll cast that thing out there. I'll cast a Texas rig, whatever, and I'll light a cigarette up because that gives a chance for the bait to soak. Yeah. I mean, I'm not condoning smoking, but it might kick more fish. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> what's uh, what's your favorite species to target uh, for fishing and why? Right now, it's bass just because okay. I'm trying to figure them out. You know, yeah. pan- panfish are, are, are pretty straightforward and, you know, here we we only have stalker trout, which they eluded me yesterday. But you know we only have stalker <laughs> trout, and if you go on the right day, you're gonna connect. Um, but bass fishing has been you know one of the things that I've been enjoying quite a bit, um, just because when you do get them, I'm like, okay, how do I do that again? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so it, like we were talking about before we came on was uh, I talked about that that trip I had two days ago. Like I found them all in one spot. Literally, the four out of the five bass I caught were literally sitting in one spot under one condition and only wanted one type of bait. Like as long as you can recreate that success, it definitely shines putting together a pattern. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, has being a part of the outdoor change your, your, your kind of perspective on stuff? So my example for this is uh, when I got into fishing – I just left um, a really high op-tempo work job that I have, and uh, I, I needed something to unwind, but I also needed something to obsess about. Um, I, if you ask anybody who knows me, I, I get really obsessive about things. Um, like before fishing, it was woodworking. I, I literally bought mm-hmm. like thousands of dollars worth of machines that now just sit in my work shed and I never use them, right? Um, but I get really obsessive, so... 
like my, it kind of changed my perspective in that this is where I could divulge a lot of time and effort into, and I got a good outcome, but I still learned how to like slow down. So that's kind of what I mean about that. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was along the lines of, you know, having something to unwind with, but yeah, it, it, for, uh, for a while outside of work and, you know, family time, I didn't really have a, a, you know, I'd say positive outlet. You know, there was sports and, and, and sports to watch, you know, your fantasy football stuff and things like that. Right. You know, I still do enjoy, but there wasn't anything like this that could uh, um, affect me in the way that it has. It's for me, it's, it's, I, I, I like to tell my wife, it's more than just a hobby for me. Yeah. It's something that, that I try to do as often as I can and something that I want to share with my kids and pass that on to them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I see it specifically hunting as more than just um, something to go out and do. It's something that I can use, you know, to feed you know, our, my family. We can yeah. use it to feed ourselves um, and, and provide food for ourselves and, and make ourselves a little bit more sustainable. And not only that, there's so many deer around here that are, that are New Jersey. Uh, they got to be whacked. They got to yeah, be whacked. They're all over that, the place. That it, it's it's not only you know uh, you know feeding ourselves, but it's also helping out the the habitat. Yeah, quite a bit. Absolutely. So that's the other part. That's the part that's changed quite a bit. You know, I was always the. You know, I I grew up in Texas. You know, the saying is "Don't mess with Texas," and that right. comes from that actually comes from a uh, uh, a littering campaign. Okay. Did it really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's an origin behind that, but it's famous (laughs) from a littering campaign. They actually have uh, a red and white, uh, red, white, and blue trash can that they put around several spots in the state. And I think they still have them and move around. It says, don't mess with Texas. And it was a littering campaign, an anti littering campaign. Right. And that kind of became the norm. If you see trash, you go and you pick it up. So, more often than not, when I am fishing, one of the things I am doing besides unsnagging myself and retying my rigs is picking up other people's trash. And uh, um, so that that the outdoors kind of made me more aware of that kind of stuff and kind of pushed me more into the conservationist zone. Sure. And less uh, and less into like uh, I'm just, oh, I'm going to just pick up the trash because it's right there. It's more along. OK, how does me stepping into these woods affect the area around me? Right. How, how does um, whether I drive a certain way in these, in these access points, how does it affect the habitat? How does it affect the animals around me? So that's kind of been the biggest impact is it's made me conscious of a lot of the choices that I'm making and the products that I'm buying. It's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I, um, started looking into different types of lures. So one of the lures I started looking into the brands anyways, is biobait. Right. Um, they, if you don't know much about biobait, um, the reason I got in, in introduced to them has to do with, um, this gentleman named Ryan Callahan, who's, um, affiliated with the mediator organization. And they, he posted on Instagram, I think a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago of a walleye that they caught, I think. And as, you know, people do interested in what they're eating, he uh, um, went to see what it had been eating after they caught it and found 
a bunch of, of stick baits, senkos, and inside of its inside of the fish. Yeah. It had been bloated. And that's one of the things that made me think, oh, I have all these soft plastics. And right. you know, I can't even tell you how many times I've broken off. And that plas that soft plastic, unless it floats to the shore, is gonna be no, in it, yeah, it doesn't digest. Mm-hmm. So I've, the, I've pulled uh, Ned rigs out of the back end of bass, yeah. and, and especially them. Yeah. I mean, the Ned rig is a is a great bait, but uh, mm-hmm. because because you're not taut lined, it's very much a feel nothing technique. A lot yeah. of times they're gonna gut hook or they're gonna swallow that bait deep, mm-hmm. and those things don't digest at all. I've had yeah. not only the bait but the whole rig, like the hook, the jig yeah. head, everything come out. So that's one of the things that that. That has I'm like so that led me to biobait to explore them. I, I ordered some of them and I'm gonna start fishing them here pretty soon. Is you know they are water soluble. So okay. after and and the cool thing is, is they're very receptive. So I started asking them a bunch of questions on Instagram. That's like awesome. Are they durable? You know, yeah. Because they are pretty pricey. I think it's like five ninety nine for a pack of eight Senkos or something like that. That's up towards the high end. Yeah. It, it's on the high. End. I mean, you can go to Walmart, buy some yum or some dollar 99. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those things that, that kind of shifted my perspective is it like, it's like, okay, the things that I do, do have an impact. Right. And, and I want to make sure that I'm leaving a positive impact. That's awesome, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, once you start going outdoors, you start seeing mm-hmm. these. So, uh, uh, you're up in North Jersey. I'm down in South Jersey. So we have a, uh, I've posted a couple times about it, but we, so we have a bunch of like sand pit quarries, like these things used to be sand quarries mm-hmm. and now they fill them in with water, throw some fish in it. But uh, this one, that was wonderful. Kids used to swim here. You could always like uh, bring your kids or if you had a lure to try, that was the place to go. There was bass there. They bit all the time. Yeah. I, I rolled up uh, like middle of last year and there's literally just crap everywhere like nobody caring nobody understanding like not only that ecosystem that is important to keep but also like the community that it had that was like a community hole that has just been ruined by folks so mm-hmm. um so seeing so so you're newish on uh on instagram yeah right but but you you definitely put a lot of really good work into it and i i love the posts that you put up the stories that you put up everything's mm-hmm. amazing that you put up what do you uh what, what's your goals for your social media side of this uh, outdoors thing? Yeah, right now it's just me posting things that I'm interested in. So you'll see everything from like the fishing lures that I'm that I'm currently using, right? Planning to use uh, certain uh, recent adventures. Like uh, you'll see one of my first posts is me actually not shooting a deer. Uh, <laughs> if you I've definitely seen that one, yeah. And that, and that one's intentional. Uh, I I thought about, you know, do I really want to post this? And it was intentional because a lot of thought went into those few seconds of mm-hmm. whether I'm going to shoot this deer or not. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't because, um, you know, the, the margin for error for that shot was pretty high. I mean, right. pretty low. Like, like, it was either, you know, if you – I do shoot this deer there's a high chance that it's not going to be an ethical shot which is my always my main goal is when I'm going to take an animal is I want to make sure it's an ethical shot put it out of its misery as quickly as possible and uh, um, so I was like you know what this this is the the point of my Instagram is to um, show people that I am an adult onset hunter I am new to new to fishing 
And these are the things that that I'm interested in. These are the things that I'm doing. These are the things that someone who is new can do. So you'll see everything from that video there to the fishing lures I'm using to the to the gear that I have, whether it's 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 budget gear or 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 different lures and stuff like that. You'll see um, some shots that I've taken at my archery target, things like that. And it's just to showcase that, yeah, I'm you know. This this is what it you know I'm not shooting like small groups at like a hundred yards you know and right. this is but at fifty yards I'm doing pretty okay you know and Dude, that's just, the the, oh. the realism that you show the like the true like you're not faking mm-hmm. it you are mm-hmm. you're showing the flaws with the pros and I I in this landscape of like fishing and outdoors on social media or on Instagram sometimes things can get lost where people mm-hmm. are just like, I'm the best. I know everything, you know, like this is legitimately, I'm the boss at this and you're showing that realism. And, and I, it is such a, a wonderful breath of fresh air that I, I really enjoy to see. Obviously we want to show, you know, our, our triumphs. Right. But it's good to show those mm-hmm. losses too. Oh yeah. Like I, I believe it or not, I get a kick, excuse me. I get a kick at a posting when I get skunked. Right. Yeah. It's like, here it is. You know, tally one up to the skunk. The, the, those are favorite. I, I like to put them up too. Like the fans, I like to put that stuff up because mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, eventually this stuff's going to come back around, right? You keep doing mm-hmm. this, you keep up with it. You get those little memories, things, and you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember when I sucked here. Like, yeah. cause it's a real thing. Nobody's a hundred percent at this. Exactly. You know, <laughs> one, one day, you know, I'll be able cause there's a ton of people that I follow. Uh, on Instagram and on social media on YouTube that that are a way better hunter than I'll ever be, a way better angler than I'll ever be, and or that 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 I may ever be, you know. But if I ever do get to that level, someone can you know scroll back down and see yeah. where I started. Exactly. Whether, whether this Instagram this Instagram or my YouTube ever gets to a high subscriber or high follower count, you know that'll be great but I'm going to keep on posting because I love sharing these things. I love interacting. And, and it's one of the things that, you know, I'm passionate about. It's why I created. So it's the reason why I created this Instagram channel, oddly enough, is because I was posting these same things on my regular Instagram account where I, you know, show up, show personal things, show up family stuff, things like that. Sure. And um, I started like getting messages like, is this all you do now? <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? All right. I'm going to create a separate one. I don't want to see, see, I did the same thing. So I started, uh, the Instagram, uh, under like a personal account. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I'd post some fish and people are like, Oh, that's cool. You're killing it. But, but really what I was showing was like a, a stick attached to a hook because mm-hmm. meaning I didn't catch anything. Right. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and, and sometimes I feel like when you have that close family friend support, uh, sometimes they're fake about it. They're like, Hey man, just do you, you're doing great. Yeah. But as soon as I made it like a, a public account and I, I kind of branded it, all that good stuff. Right. Then I got like the realism and I found real outdoorsmen who are like, yo, you're doing a good thing. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, you find the other, the douchebags uh, who are just like, you suck. And you know what? Maybe you do suck, but uh, yeah. you're building towards it. Right. Like it's okay. Exactly. To suck. It's okay. to you suck. Know, and the difference between, you know, me and someone who's been doing it all their life is that they sucked when they were kids. Right. I'm yeah. sucking now. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah. 
I mean, totally off. So, so yeah, so I restarted in 2016, right? But uh, as a kid, I grew up in Washington State. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I fished. My grandfather lives in Alaska. We would do trips up there, like, the best fishing of my life. I learned about girls. Um, so I stopped fishing, right? Because yeah, I'm, I'm chasing another prey at that point. Um, and then I joined the military, and I, I literally fell out of the outdoors. I fell out of fishing, all of it. And then, like, coming back into it, but you, but you're right. Like as an, an older person, like I was like, I was like 32, 33, like all of a sudden I've got to learn how to catch a one pound bass. Like, mm-hmm. like my life depends on it. Right. And it, it's a weird kind of feeling when all of a sudden, like, at, you know what I mean? As an adult, you're supposed to have your shit together. Uh, yeah. Excuse my language there, but you know what I mean? You're supposed to have it together. And this is, it's, I, I, I love that feeling of, and again, this is why I love, uh, interacting with you talking with you and your page is like you're doing it from the beginning and i i i kind of cherish those moments when i when it just sucked so bad but you were just learning like the like it was you were definitely learning from a fire hose instead of a sprinkler like it's just all coming Mm -hmm. at you and i it's just good times i remember that it was awesome exactly you you say learning from a fire hose and and that's the best way to (laughs) describe it is because there's you know the internet's great but the 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 only bad side i would say is there's so much information there's so much right and then there's so much that might not even be relevant to your area exactly like like, what i've been finding out is like you know every video that i've watched there's always that disclaimer that 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 the person who's filming the video is like uh oh oh, these these this bait here kills it's it's great it's always catches fish it's my confidence bait but it all depends on your area right and it's like it's like yeah but I'm still going to try that bait. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm with you. Right. But so, so I got on a big like swim bait kick and, yeah. and I'm not talking like the little ones, like uh, that little Guggen one that came out and some other stuff. I'm yeah. talking about like the depths and these big ones. And I was like, these you know three what? Ounce ones. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to transition from conventional fishing to swim bait fishing. But then I started realizing like all these dudes are in Cali. They're in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like they're dealing with like double digit bass, like, like the New Jersey record isn't even double digits. If I don't, I mean, if I remember right, I think it's only like eight and a half. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It was eight and a half. If I remember right. And it was caught in a private pond in South Jersey. So I don't think giant three ounce swim baits mm-hmm. are going to be a key. I don't think that's going to be. Yeah. No. All right. So, so coming up, I, I like to, uh, I kind of posted on my stuff. I, I want to keep learning. I want to keep getting better at what I'm doing. And I want to be realistic about it. I want to be honest with myself. So uh, honest with you, what do you think you need to work on this year? Um, my soft bait game, man. My soft okay. class. I, I'm, I'm very confident with moving baits, hard baits. Um, soft plastics is, which, which is really, it's a big hole in my, in my arsenal because you know, I keep hearing people saying, oh, you, you, all you need is a pack of Senkos. That's all you need and some hooks and maybe a bullet weight and you'll, you'll catch fish. I right. just haven't been. And, and the, the thing for me that makes it so difficult is um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a learn by feel guy. Okay. So if, um, if, if there's nothing like, like if someone tells me this is how it's supposed to feel and actually walks me through it, that's how I'm, <laughs> I'm very good at learning. When, in fact, um, I know we're talking about fishing, but to put it in into archery, um, there's there's a uh, a very famous uh, 
guy in the archery field. His name is John Dudley. He's like probably the godfather of archery. Okay. Um, and he, he runs knock on archery. If you, if you look at him, he puts on tons of information and he walks through how it should feel, how you should stand when you are going through different parts of your draw cycle, when you're drawing your bow. And he articulates it in a way that, that as I'm doing it, I'm feeling exactly what he's doing. And if I'm not feeling, it means I'm doing it wrong. Right. So, the, the hardest thing for me is like, am, like I'll cast it out. I'll cast out, you know, either it's a, it's a, a Texas rigged or, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, am I doing this right? You know, I'm letting it sink and then I'm clicking <laughs> it up. Right. I'm doing it right. You know, cause, cause there's no real feedback except until you get a bite. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of been my, my biggest struggle with with learning soft plastics now there are other soft plastics that i do pretty okay with that aren't targeting for bass but you know when it comes to bass fishing the soft plastics is something that that specifically things like a texas rig uh, a ned rig and and a drop shot those are the things that i would like to really get down this year because i feel like that would cover you know, most of the year of bass fishing for me. Absolutely, man. And especially fishing in Jersey, like uh, soft plastics are king. That that mm-hmm. style of fishing, it's going to give you that production. It's going to give you a good shot of production every single time, um, in my opinion, more than the reactionary style baits. Like you're, uh, I mean, you're right. The soft plastics are tough because you don't, it takes a more, you have to be more active in what you're doing. Right, you have to be more cognizant, um, and in some ways, when it, sometimes when you go out and fish, you just don't want to think. Right, you're just like mm-hmm. trying to de-stress from the week, but now you have to fish this. Uh, for me, right now, it's the jig, right? So I'm trying to learn the bottom jig, trying to master that. But now it's not a de-stressor. Now I'm trying to like feel every tick. I'm trying to, well, what is that? What is that? is that a rock? Is that a bite? You know what I mean? So I totally mm-hmm. get it. But once you get it down. Dude, soft laxes, you're gonna be set all year. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so that's my my focus is is trying to not just learn how to fish it, but like the other things that I get involved. Am I at the bottom yet? Right. Is my biggest question. Gotcha. So that that's kind of been. I mean, I, I told you about how I thought, you know, this body of water I was fishing was like four feet deep. Yeah. Come to find out, it's like eight eight to eleven feet deep. And the right. fish are all down at the bottom. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't given this nearly enough time to get down there, especially yeah. fishing weightless. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. A- anything that big, you got to throw weight. I- I'm impatient. I mean, I, I like mm-hmm. plastic and finesse fishing, but I'm still impatient. So even my wacky worms are weighted at this point. I don't do anything weightless. I'm not patient enough mm-hmm. on that one. So speaking of, of baits, we are in springtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're new at this. But uh, what's going to be your top three baits this spring season? Spring season baits. Um, probably a lipless. Okay. A lipless is going to be my big one. That's a um, great choice. That's, that's uh, I've had some success with the lipless before. Um, the But that was just kind of casting it out and then slow rolling it back in. Sure. I want to expand on that and, and start learning how to yo-yo it properly, how to get it down yeah. and, and bring it back up. And specifically, you know, one thing I learned is, Hey, f- there's this thing called uh, the spawn that happens Yeah. <laughs> that I didn't know about, uh, when I was learning it. And right. so now I'm like, you know, throw a lipless in there, see if it works. 
Um, Dude, you run that riplet or that lipless right through mm-hmm. those beds because because I mean you've seen pictures now what these beds look like, right? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. all going to be along a shoreline normally, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in Jersey because we have those uh, those bowl lakes, right? These aren't like yeah. lake lakes where. Again, back to like what information comes out. We we don't have all this structure and these little creek arms that come out like we're down in Tennessee, right? These are just bulls. So you're mm-hmm. just gonna see all these beds lined up, dude. You throw that lip list as far as you can, run that all along the beds, and one of them's gonna come out. Exactly. So that that's the plan there. And then same with is is the square bill. If it's not too grassy, yeah. I'm gonna keep the square bill tight on. And right now, um, there are two of mine that are favorite that are favorites because I've already fished both of these and they just look so good in the water. <laughs> is the um, the uh, monster bass um, Alex Rudd? Uh, I think it's called the Hammerhead. Hammerhead, yeah, yeah. those look it, really nice. It looks it honestly. I have one right here, and it's silent, which I like. Right, and this oh, is yeah, the red, are... red, and it just it's got a good wiggle. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that the only, the only thing that I would, it, it honestly, it kind of feels more of like a finesse square, but it's got the size. Cause I have a finesse square boat right here as well. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see the size different. Yeah. Yeah. It's bulky because, up. because it's, it's a uh, silent and doesn't have the beads. It doesn't have the weight. Gotcha. That I'm used to it. So I threw this on a spinning rod. Okay. Just to be yeah. able to cast a little better. So I would stop bird nesting and ruining all my line. <laughs> but this yeah. um this one looks really good in the water um it, it, and does it have a real tight wobble or is it a bigger wobble to it it's it's got a real tight wobble okay mm-hmm, which i like um if you wanted a wider wobble throw a swivel on it yeah if you're, if you're feeling risky you know if you don't <laughs> mind you know a bass biting it and potentially losing it and then this six cents one i don't i forget the name of it i think it's the let me see here uh is that the movement no that's the uh oh man what is that one hold on i have one but man this one too i think that's the crush 75 yeah i think it's a crush 50 50 i yeah total side note hey six cents i love you guys um and you have some great naming on some of your products some of them you don't where it's like (laughs) this is the crush 50 this is the crush Mm -hmm. 55 like we need some help with that, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. It's like, it's like okay, um, what is what is the difference between this crush fifty and this other crush fifty? Crush sixty. It's like, come on. Right. They 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 need some. They need or at that. least label it on the bottom of the bait, at least. Because yeah. when I try oh. to organize them, I'm, I'm Speaking like. Speaking of labeling on the bottom of the bait, that's a tip that I picked up. Hey, there you go. From, yeah. uh, from some guy. On, I forget, oh, man. I wish I remembered who it was. It was a, some older fella on YouTube. And he's like, put the depths and the weight. And, and I was I, like, that's the same so thing game on the bill itself. Yeah. I'm like, that's such a game changer. Because um, one of my favorite things about certain brands is that they already put the depths on it. Um, yeah. Bunker Hunt, I think, does it on their square bills. They do. Moving Squad does it on their square they bills. Do. And on, on, I think almost on all their hard baits and their spinner baits. Um, so that that's super beneficial for me because it's. For me, as someone who doesn't know um, what should be going on, what combo, it's so helpful. It's yeah, like, absolutely. I know this rod here can handle this lure. Take half the can. struggle out of it, right? Like mm-hmm. right away, knock it out. Because, I mean, 
man, all the lures and techniques, it, it's already huge enough. But now we got to think about like what to throw it on, what line, what kind of rod, bait caster. Fit. It can be a lot, and especially if you haven't grown up on with doing it, it's a lot. Like, exactly. and I like it when companies do that. I mean, I've been doing it. I'm pretty comfortable in it. Obviously, I'm not an expert on everything, but I still want that easiness because I get ADD with this. I go, hey, I yeah. want to learn this technique, and I buy a bunch of crap for it, and then I don't do it. And then three months later, I go, oh, I should learn how to do that. And then I look at it, and I go, I don't know what any of this does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's kind of along the same lines. That's why I started buying uh uh, uh Tunks is right. because they label they label everything they label their neds they label all their weights and down to the drop shot weights and it's so easy to be like okay um these two weights that are very similar are is this weight and this weight this is a one six this is a one eight right Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes it a lot easier. I don't have to guess. I don't. I, when it comes to organizing everything, it just makes things so much easier. I can just grab it and go. I'm about ready to make a big order through them. I think I need to. Uh, like their Ned heads, I love. Um, they're really flat. They're tungsten Ned heads, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, they stand up really well. A lot of them are oh, kind of yeah. janky. And sometimes you want them janky, right? Like that missile baits. Um, like I, I don't know how much you've divulged into ned rig fishing but uh mm-hmm. it's not just a dead stick technique there's like no. seven different retrieves for it and i feel like different heads work better but i think the best all-around one is that Wu tungsten one it's it's flat you can feel everything it holds up even the baits that aren't uh buoyant to begin with because mm-hmm. i mean every company has a ned bait right but only about half of them actually float uh but even with uh even with them not floating that that ned head will help them float oh yeah yeah. So even that like Ocho, Ocho, I think is the biggest one. Strike King has that Ocho Ned and it's a big fat sucker. It looks like a big fat grub. I think it's awesome. You put it on any other Ned head. As soon as that hits the bottom, that fat thing is rolling right over. Mm-hmm. This thing helps keep it up because it's so flat. Yeah. And that, and that's probably my favorite thing about the Ned heads. Cause I have a few and I think I have in three different weights and depending on the Ned that I am putting, cause I, I even got pretty, you know, I was trying tying on different different soft plastics onto my Ned heads. Yeah, we went as far as to put like a like a four inch uh, four inch stick bait on. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even think this thing is gonna float. But then I it, I casted it in a shallow area, and there it is. You know, that it'll float up. It, it's sticking up. And I I tried it on two different ones. On the lighter one, it it, it had no chance. It right. You gotta have more weight to hold that thing up. So I put put just a slightly heavier one, and that did it. That had it just enough to that is like just waving right there. Yeah, like it wants to go down, but it's staying up. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what. Something that really gained me confidence in the Ned rig was I took a uh, one eight ounce. Uh, it was the missile baits uh, kind of Ned rig that or uh, Ned hook they have. I think it's called the yeah. Ned ball, right? And I threw a the smallest Kitech I could get. You can get Kitechs at Dick's, yeah. wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Put one of those down, cast that thing out, let it hit the bottom, a couple pops, and then slow retrieve, and then kill. That thing caught crappie, bluegill, bass. Like, it catches everything. The only fish that we caught yesterday was on a Kitech. Was it? Yeah, yeah. they're insane. Except it for a, It was a tiny Kitech, too. Yeah, all head jig. Yeah, like they'll catch everything. I mean, the problem is they're kind of expensive and they get destroyed after like one or two fish. Yeah, so easily. But, um, but yeah, they'll catch everything. 
All right, dude, it, it's been a great talk. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of want to end this with, uh, so tell me you're a fisherman without telling me you're a fisherman. So example would be for me, my wife has to consistently check my pockets because there is soft plastics and weights in them all the time. Okay, that's a good one. Um, every time the mailman gets here, uh, my wife says something's here for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, brother. It's been great yeah. having you on. Mm -hmm. um, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, again, everybody, make sure you follow Ramon Outdoors. Um, great stuff. Watch him work his way through this process. It's awesome. Also, if you get a chance, head on over to uh, hooksethoodlums.com. Uh, great merch. They're a family team. Um, you can use uh, promo code SWAMPRATFISHING for 10% off. So uh, there's that. Um, and then, uh, Ramon, we're going to see you out there, man. Yeah, man. All right, everybody have a good night.